Welcome to On the Bubble Podcast, episode 53. I'm your host, Sabasa J. Wade, and with me is my co-host, Yuki Lee Bender. And we've been on a long hiatus now. I guess it's not that long. It's been about a month uh, or so. If you guys are wondering, this is episode 53. Uh, episode 52 got recorded. It is not online anywhere right now. Unfortunately, there was some recording issues. Hopefully, we will have it posted at some point. Or maybe just the unedited version might be posted. But it will be fifty episode 53. And we're going to be moving on from Bright Lights and start talking about heavy hitters. As well as we're going to be talking about some channel updates that we have uh, planned for you starting this year. But before that, Happy New Year, Yuki. Happy New Year, Jay. Um, yeah, we're recording on January 2nd here, just kind of getting into things with the new year. We had a little bit of a talk because even if it's been like about a month since our last episode, it was also getting a little bit spotty towards the end. We were not recording as cons- consistently as before. So we had a little bit of like, what are we doing with the channel talk? And and also a little bit of a talk about some of like what's been going on with us. So um, why don't we start with kind of like what we've been up to the last couple months and why, why things have been sort of spotty and then we can move into the channel updates from there. Oh, uh, I guess I'll start. I just finished school. Um like two weeks ago, right before Christmas, and then had some family uh, gatherings and stuff to go to. At this point, I'm done school. I'm going to be looking for a full-time job again. And that's basically it. I had finals um, and some last-minute projects that I left for too long and <laughs> was scrambling, procrastinating too much as well. It's, it's, it's like a combination of like the typical school year of like, Oh no, I didn't I'm I have 5 classes and I didn't do enough work for any of them so that I'm scrambling to do too much work for all of them like a week before finals. And it's been hectic for me, but you know what? Everything's all done. It's a new year now and hopefully this year's going to be better than last year. Yeah, it sounds like you've been really busy with classes. I know that post-secondary education can be a lot of work. I definitely had the same thing going on when I was in school. Yeah, in the tail end of 2023, I'd been traveling a bunch, went to Worlds. Our episode was actually talking about Worlds. I had a very good run at Worlds, top eight, 13 and one in Swiss, and then lost in top eight playing Icelander. And then after that, I went to Columbus, Ohio for the Realm Brawl and played the 20K Invitational. And I managed to top eight that on Bolton and then lost to uh, eventual winner Brody Spurlock on Azalea. I think some of those games are on their uh, YouTube channel as well. So if you want to check that out, you can. And the World's games are also on YouTube. So it's kind of like a lot of what I've been doing is I've been traveling a bunch and then kind of came back and took it easy, spent some time with family holiday stuff and so on and then just like jay said uh it's a new year and hopefully the new year will be even better than the last although i'm quite happy with how this last year has been going for me yeah for you like the last two months of the year has been like top eight worlds top eight realm games like that's that's a sick run like just speaking in like fab like those are like the two biggest events in like the world around fab in the last two months and like you top eight of both events it's kind of crazy yeah i'd say since like august i've had a good run like there was kind of not that many events early then august was i won calling vegas then i lost two win and ins for canadian nationals top eighted calling dallas fort worth top eighted worlds top eighted realm so since august it's been a really really good run for me and i don't necessarily expect that to continue but you know, I'll try my best. I would love for it to. But uh, realistically, I'm probably going to have some events where I miss. <laughs> well, the next event is what? Calling Hartford. Hartford. Yeah, calling Hartford. It's a limited one. So maybe you can top eight that one too into PT top eight in a month from that. Not even a month from that. Yeah, it's a bit over a month. It's like uh, end of March. Um, oh, okay. PTLA. Yeah, it's March 22nd or so. And I think Calling Hartford's like right at the start of February. So I'll, I'll be going to both of those events. I'm pretty excited for the new set and everything. And we'll see how it goes. So that's kind of been what's go- been going on for us. And I think just between the travel and between Jay's studies, we kind of um, 
lost the thread a little bit and hadn't been recording quite as consistently and had like a little bit of a hiatus or at least like a little bit of inconsistency with our episodes. So moving into 2024, one of the big things that we talked about with each other before doing this episode that we wanted to do was really try to return to that weekly episode where we're pushing out an episode each and every week and being a little more consistent with that. So that's something that's going to be happening. And um, one of the things that we're going to be doing to um, hopefully help that process is we're actually starting a Patreon. One of the issues that we ran into with last episode, the world's episode, was that before we had been using Zencaster, it was free. They moved to a subscription model and we tried a different recording method. And then uh, a lot of the editing software that is usually used for the podcast didn't actually work with the file type from the from the new recording method. And, and that's why there's been so many troubles with uploading that file. So one of the things that we are hoping for from the Patreon is to help uh, pay for Zencaster to help us record and edit and do all the things that we need to do. And also for to help us kind of... Um, push out some additional content for you to help you improve beyond just the podcast. So maybe we can talk about our Patreon and some of the tiers and what what people can ex- expect from that. But right before we do that, actually, as uh, Yuki just said, like the recording for the last episode, that was all my fault. Like I should have been a little bit more careful and made sure the file types worked. But yeah, unfortunately, it didn't work out. So it was like a lot of work and headache to try and get it work and it ultimately didn't so i might just post the the unedited raw footage of a very mediocre mp3 file but we'll see if i can if i can find a way to start editing it or re-record it i might do that too so but don't expect that anything anytime soon but from episode 53 uh this year my goal will be to hit 50 to make 50 episodes this year i think that's a really good goal right one, one a week, 52 weeks, get 50 episodes out. Yeah, yeah. So you can expect something like that. There might be the very, very occasional delay, but for the most part, we're going to be on top of it. It's it's going to be when you go to Worlds, and hopefully I go to Worlds this year, and we can't record for that one week. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Maybe maybe we'll record it, and the, the editing will get delayed. Something like that sounds, sounds reasonable. Okay, so moving on to our Patreon, it's patreon.com slash onthebobble. Uh, we'll include that on our YouTube channel as well. Uh, you can start supporting the podcast for as little as $2 a month and gain access to our Discord. One of the big th- perks of joining our Discord is that Jay and I are going to be committed to posting our draft decks and our sealed decks from Armories as well as any other events that we do. So if there's like a draft skirmish, draft RTN, calling Hartford, all of those types of things, we're going to be posting all of our draft and sealed decks as well as like kind of a brief very short write-up of our thoughts on the deck, what worked well, what didn't work well, which cards really shine, what we would do differently, all of that kind of thing so that you have a reference to learn from. And then, of course, the Discord will also give you a place to discuss your own draft decks and and limited or CC in general with the rest of the Discord community. So we're, we're just starting out, but that's sort of our vision for the Discord is a, is a resource for you to kind of check out what we've been up to in limited and also share your own thoughts and discussions as well. I'm online all the time too, so I'll be popping in here and there all the time on the discord uh, once it starts getting more people in yeah absolutely and i'm sure if people start posting their their draft decks like we can us or other people in the discord can you know give our own give our thoughts and our critiques on it about well maybe you need more blues or maybe you need more of like this type of card um, those kinds of feedbacks we can give you so that's starting at two dollars moving up to uh five dollars There's another tier if you just want to help support the show a little bit more, but still mostly just the Discord access. Beyond that, I'm going to be adding a few extra perks for people who want a little bit extra content and a little bit extra value added. I'll be posting articles and strategy guides. So um, I'll just be trying to move some of my writing onto Discord that I've been doing previously. I think Discord, uh, I think. Discord and Patreon will be sort of like the main avenue for that to be distributed. So I'll be trying to post probably like at least once a month on these articles, perhaps a little bit more often. We'll kind of see how it goes. In addition to that, I'll be posting tournament reports from big events. So just kind of giving an update of how the tournament went, what my learnings were, any thoughts I had, and so on. And also uh, deck lists and sideboard guides for 
CC events. Um, I'm going to kind of do this depending on the event. For something like a Road to Nationals, I'll probably post decklists and sideboard guide before I play so that people can access that and try that out. And then for bigger events like callings or PTs, I'll probably be posting the, the decklists and sideboard guides like during the event, shortly after the event, something like that, uh, not, not immediately before. Um, so that's kind of what you can expect from that tier. And then moving up to $55 a month, um, our Heart of Findall tier has all the previous benefits as well as a monthly coaching session with me. So if you are interested in doing in getting some coaching in limited or CC or whatever you need to focus on, that is the tier for you. And if you have questions about any of these tiers, you can reach out to Jay or myself. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, most of the higher tier stuff is going to be all done by Yuki. It's um, like she is the the top eight world's competitor winner of callings she's (laughs) she's like one of the best players in the game like it's honestly the highest level coaching you'll probably get in that you'll be able to find online right now at least look yuki's definitely doing it and this is like an easy way to get access to that the payment portal should be going through patreon so it'll be much easier to work with too okay so that's the channel, the Patreon, any and honestly, like any support you can give us. If if you if you're not interested in the higher tiers and you just want to give back a little bit, you know, consider the two dollars a month is less than a less than the price of a cup of coffee, and it really does help us out and will help us kind of meet a lot of our goals of being more consistent, making sure we have the proper software and everything to to run the podcast the way that we want to, and to make sure that you're getting the content that that you enjoy and deserve as well. So, um, anyways. One more thing. Yeah. Um, no matter, you don't have to subscribe to Patreon. All of our content will still be on Spotify. We'll still be on mm-hmm. YouTube. We'll be on all the pl- platforms that um, currently exist, except for what Google Podcast is going away. <laughs> yeah, so everything will be free. So don't feel pressure to donate or to use Patreon, but we'll be much appreciated. Yeah, absolutely. Do you want to move on to some of the early heavy hitter spoilers and what we've been seeing in the set. Yeah. So today I think we're going to be talking mainly about just the new heroes that are that got spoiled. We have 5 of the 6 heroes spoiled so far and most of the specializations. Do we get 4 of the 6 specializations, I think? Yeah, we have 4 specializations. I guess we don't know exactly how many there are. Like in the past some heroes have had like two specializations or like no specialization. So we don't know for sure, but Four of the heroes have gotten a specialization so far. Yep, yeah, right, let's uh, move right into it. Uh, do you want to start first talk about a hero that's not new, I guess, which will be Reinar? Yes, so we have Reinar the Reckless Rampage returning. This was, I believe, the fifth hero spoiled. I know some people are a little bit disappointed because I think that like we had seen so many new heroes and they're like, oh... It's just Reinar. So I know that there's like some people that are disappointed about that. But overall, like, I think it's pretty cool that they're bringing back Reinar and giving him some new support. Hopefully he'll get some meaningful upgrades, much like what we saw with Azalea and uh, Katsu in Outsiders, where they got quite a bit of support. And then we started seeing them doing quite well, top hitting, winning events. And, and, you know, Reinar's a hero that has had some success here and there. And I think some dedicated support to him could really kind of reward some of those long-term Reinar fans. Azalea got a little bit too much support, in my opinion. Um, Codex of Frailty was uh, pushing it a little bit too much. Mm-hmm. And I still think that card's still pushing it a little bit too much. So hopefully it's not as toxic as Codex of Frailty. But um, yeah, Reinhardt definitely needs some, some better cards. And I think one of the cards that got spoiled already is um, a card called Show No Mercy. And it's our Reinar specialization, Brute Action Attack. And it just reads, oh, it has six power and three block. And it reads, when this attacks, intimidate them. If a hero has no cards in his hand, this card gets plus three power. Yeah, so this card is a lot like Alpha Rampage, where it's a three for nine. The plus three is a little bit harder to get because they have to have no cards in their hand. Um, but it is a dynamic effect so meaning if your opponent blocks with like let's say you intimidate them down to two cards you play when you play show no mercy and they block with two cards they would have no cards in their hand because they're blocking with two and it would get bumped up to nine so you don't necessarily have to take their whole hand 
to turn on this effect. It could also be if they're just like wanting to stop six damage and they have two cards that that would also turn it on. And then the upside of this card compared to Alpha Rampage is that uh, you you don't have to discard a card as the cost, which means that when you when you do the thing with this card, it's going to be way more efficient because Alpha Rampage always kind of had the problem of like no matter what you're doing three cards for nine and. Yes, it's evasive, but three cards for nine damage is just not so great. But when if you can ever make this a two card nine, that's very good. Icelander won worlds and was built off of two card eights. So uh, two card nine with an intimidate is uh, you, you do have to work for it, but it is it is real strong. Yeah, if you combine this with like any of the Rhinor's go again intimidate effects, like that's kind of insane. Like if you can intimidate like two to three times and then play show no mercy, like what are they gonna do? Just eat six damage or eat nine damage? If you can play like oh my god, I'm blanking on the card name. The Barrage yellow No, nah, the yellow um card Rush Bellows. Blood Rush Bellows, yes. If you combine this with Blood Rush Bellow, intimate intimidate them and then play like one more attack with go again and intimidate play this intimidate like what is your opponent gonna do they're just gonna like take 20 it's kind of crazy yeah the card can really push a lot of unblockable damage um you can also set this up with barraging beatdowns um so like if you have if you have three barraging beatdowns um plus this that would be like a five card hand and you would take their whole hand so if they're i don't know you have like two reds and a yellow that's like 11 from the barraging beatdowns. This comes in for nine. That's like 20 damage unblockable. I'm not saying that it's like trivial to set that up. That is the type of play that you can do with this card. And that kind of unblockable damage is like really, really good, especially in a deck like Reinar, which can be built to have a lot of three blocks. So like this is potential like second cycle stuff that Reinar can do um, is set up, you know, a bunch of barragings, a bunch of intimidate effects with Show No Mercy and just push maybe not like the 20, but even like 15 unblockable seems like pretty doable and very strong. It's sick. I, I, I'm kind of excited for this card. Maybe this card pushes it pushes Reinhardt just enough to make the deck like really annoying to play against. Not to mention the the deck's already kind of annoying to play against. Whenever you get intimidated and like they rip the wrong card out of your hand, like, oh man, they blo- they rip like a D-React out of your hand. Is you just oh I hate I hate those I hate those moments. Yeah, Reinar notably it doesn't help Reinar with like one of his problems, which is aggro decks. So Reinar's pretty good when decks want to block. Your intimidate gets a lot of value sometimes because they, they don't get a block with the cards they want to block with, and you can make it real awkward for them. And and show no mercy is really good for pushing through damage um against a, a class that's wanting to block against you. But notably, if you're playing like a Phi who really doesn't really want to block you very much anyways. Um, this card's not going to shine there. So we'll, we'll have to see what other support he gets, but Show No Mercy is a pretty powerful card overall. Mm-hmm. I think it might just be an auto-include now. I, I think so, yeah. I think talking about Brute, uh, we have one new hero uh, for Brutes, and this card is called KO Armed and Dangerous. This card looks so sweet. Like, the R is actually... It's actually kind of sweet. Yeah. Sorry, I'll, I'll, I'll explain the card to you, sorry. <laughs> So, it has a really interesting line of text here. It says, you have one weapon zone. And as a reminder, it says, you may only have a one-handed weapon or an offhand equipment. And it says, attack action cards you own gets plus one while they are in any zone other than the combat chain. The first time you discard a card with six or more power during each of your action phases, create a might token. And and this is a 40 health for intellect brute hero so we see ko return with very different hero abilities i think this text box is really really strong it of course has a drawback on it as well with the only one weapon zone but if effectively what this means for all of your draw discard effects and any pitching effects you have access to like as many blue sixes as you want pretty much. Um, Notably, these aren't poppers, so that won't work against like a Dromai, for example, but it does potentially give you a lot of consistency on cards like Pulping and Wild Ride, which have the draw and random discard. Um, You can just play a whole bunch of blue sixes for that deck, and potentially something like a Berserk combo deck can be uh, maybe real for KO. I could see it being it certainly has gotten a lot better. It's a matter of how consistent that deck is. And then, um, you know, getting an extra might token each turn is is pretty good that's one extra value and if you like discard a card and then play a two card hand of cnc for seven like that 
that is really, really good. So I think KO has a lot of potential and is really going to kind of depend um, how much you can take advantage of having all these extra blue sixes. Um, I think effectively it means that you have like a lot more access to go again is is kind of what this secretly says. Yeah, and I guess the downside of only one weapon zone, meaning they can only have one manable claw on this card. We actually don't know the weapons that are in this set yet, but my assumption is it's going to be manable claws looking at the art of this card. Yeah. You know, one weapon zone, one-handed brute weapon, like, Manable Claw seems like a very natural natural card for it to be in this hero. Yeah, the the art really does look like Mandible Claw. And I, I think they felt they probably felt my guess is that they felt like they had to put this restriction on because Brute with too many blue sixes and blood rush bellows and two claws is um probably very, very scary. I haven't play tested against it, but it Blood Rush Bellow already a very scary card. And yeah, if it's super consistent, then uh that's my best guess as to why they've given this restriction. Yeah, like Reinhardt with the yellows and Bellow plus two Manable Claws is already gross. Like, oh, blues with that would be like actually unbeatable. Yeah, and then especially considering like you get to play like your Palpings and your Wild Rides and have them be super consistent. So if you're like, you you can still do something like Palping, Palping for eight, Mandible Claw for five, and then like Swing Big for 10, you know, and it's just 23 damage pretty good and you get the might token for the next turn like very oh very, yeah very the might token i forgot about the might token yeah oh, let's let's talk about it what is a might token yuki uh so it says the start of your action phase you destroy it and your next attack gets plus one turns one of your attacks into a seven yeah like, it's man, just good. like you were talking about how icelander was just based on two card sevens kale is basically the same thing you get to keep on presenting two card sevens as long as you get to play cards right like as long as you're gonna discard cards yeah i mean icelander has a lot of two card dates but but yeah I, I think ko is pretty strong like if if your baseline is like throwing a lot of two card sevens and then you can set up like a big berserk turn or a big blood rush bellows turn like that's pretty scary <laughs> the other thing that i want to talk about ko would be i guess the rules thing um currently i'm pretty sure offhand equipments can only be equipped if you have a one-handed equipment or something like that they might change this to being able to just equip an offhand with the one weapon zone. Um, I'm not exactly sure how how that works, but from the reminder text of this card, it might we might get like a slight rules update on one one armed heroes. <laughs> yeah, maybe you can run arcane lantern ko and nothing else. That's interesting. I I don't. It might be correct against like a a kano that's trying to like burst you down but maybe. we'll see maybe, so maybe that's the thing <laughs> <laughs> all right do you want to move on to guardian sure guardian this is actually so the new hero is kind of like my how do i say it favorite my most wanting to play most likely going to build this guardian i've been i've realized now that i actually just like guardian as a class and um I didn't realize this until like somebody was just like, man, you play Bravo, you play Oldham, you play Starvo, you play all the Guardians. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I just like the Guardian class. And I, I saw this card come out. And I'm like, I like this card, too. Wait, you're just figuring out this now? I could have told you you like Guardian a long time ago. Yeah, like I figured this out like maybe like two weeks ago or three weeks ago. I'm like, oh, I'm just a Guardian player. I, I kind of want to hear from any of our YouTube listeners. If you knew Jay was a Guardian player more than two weeks ago, let us know in the comments below. Because I I bet like a lot of people already know this if they've been listening to the podcast for a while. I'm kind of curious how many people already knew that Jay was a Guardian player. (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of weird. Like in my own mind, I didn't have that like... It, it wasn't clicking to me that like that's what people like people thought of me as. And then... And then, like, the more I thought about it, I'm just like, oh, wait, no, I'm just like a Guardian main. Okay. Either way, we get a new hero. Her name is Betsy Skin in the game. She has an ability. Whenever an attack you control wagers, you may pay two resources. If you do, the attack gets plus one and overpower. And overpower is the... It can only be defended by more... Can't be defended by a more than one action card. Four intellect, 40 health. Yeah. So Betsy on her face 
kind of like Bravo, right? Like the pay two resources. Um, you don't get dominate though. You get overpower. Overpower is a bit of a weaker effect and it has a different condition. It's not guardian attacks. It's the next attack you have that wagers. So we'll, we'll be talking about wager in just a moment. Um, but the upside of this is you do get the plus one attack and the plus one attack does matter a fair bit. Um, one of the problems Bravo has is like you're spending two resources for Dominate, but you're not really getting any extra damage out of it. So I think getting the one extra damage out of this overpower effect is like actually pretty strong, depending on how strong the wager cards are. One more thing I do want to say is unlike how Bravo's or like the original Guardian attacks, they had to crush, which means they had to do four damage. Wager just needs to do minimum of one damage, which makes it significantly harder to block even if you dominated a crush card all they had to do was make sure it's doing three or less damage whereas wager cards you kind of need to completely block it out or they still get their on hits so i think that makes a pretty big difference too if like this was dominate instead of overpowered this card would be way too good yeah because like if you think like a spinal crush like as long as you can block six on the spinal crush you are safe from it but for a card like betsy's specialization bet big you actually need to block the whole thing out so we can talk about this card as an example of a wager card this is a guardian red guardian attack comes in for eight blocks for three and costs four and bet big is a betsy specialization that reads when this attacks a hero you may wager a gold might and vigor token and what this means is that if you choose to wager with them if you hit you get a gold token a might token and a vigor token um, vigor token is at the start of your turn it breaks you get an resource and if you don't hit, they get one of each instead. So it's kind of like an all or nothing mechanic. If if you hit, you get the stuff that you wager. If you don't hit, your opponent gets it. So they're very incentivized to block. But Betsy is very good at making it hard to block um, by giving overpower with her ability. Yeah, I love this mechanic. It's like, I don't know. I don't know yet if it's just going to be like a first cycle do a lot of damage deck or what I'm envisioning right now is like this like pitch stack dream of just like trying to memorize your opponent's block values after you get rid of all their armor and, you know, force them to leak one with your wagers and start, you know, snowballing with the, um, with perfect information. That is, that is my, that is my ideal with wager abilities. This card seems so sweet. It is very cool. And getting, yeah, getting the extra resource makes like using the gold easier, lets you like play another bet big if you want to off of like two cards. Like you play a blue, pitch a blue, play a bet big for nine on your next turn if the first one hits. Like there, there's some real powerful stuff that you can do if this hits. And, and there are other wager cards. I'm kind of curious if... Betsy's weapon will have wager and or if she'll be able to give it wager like we've seen like some cards like money where, where your mouth is I think it's a uh, one cost two block non-attack action that gives your next attack plus three and you can wager a gold and it does apply to weapons so that, that's kind of what I'm curious about is I want to I want to see her weapon which from the looks of it as like a big log or something and um or like a barrel like it might be a barrel i'm not sure but i want to see if like that weapon has wager or she's like going to be like giving her weapon wager and that's going to be like part of her gameplay hmm, that would be interesting if 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 her weapon has wager that kind of feels broken right like in limited you get to keep on attacking with your weapon and and giving it overpower that seems you you're gonna leak damage like i kind of don't know if they're gonna be printing defense reactions in this set and there's block it, cards though oh there are block cards yeah oh, we've already okay, seen okay. some we've seen like uh i forget what they're called they're like test of agility and stuff like that oh, okay okay but man even if there is block cards though like we saw overpower in bright lights and that was like a game-changing mechanic, right? Like when you get to overpower a bigger attack. Imagine that being on a weapon. That's like kind of toxic. Yeah, it could be like not on a weapon and it could be limited to cards like money money where your mouth is, where you give your next attack wager. But I'm kind of curious to see like how her weapon plays in with her gameplay loop or if she's just going to have like a, you know, like a guardian three cost four attack weapon, you know? 
Hmm, that's fair, it's fair. Man, the other thing is, I love the flavor on Betsy. Like, the wager mechanic is, like... Man, it's, like, so if people know, I, I like to gamble a lot. I play <laughs> a lot of poker. So, just, like, this this theme itself is something that, like, I connect to a lot. And, yeah. man, this is... This is sweet. Yeah, I think it looks like a lot of fun. I'm, I'm really excited to see how a wager plays. And Betsy looking like... I don't know... She she might be a little bit more of an aggressive guardian, which maybe I would actually play. I'm not sure. Like disruption and proactive gameplay seems interesting to me. I don't usually like guardians, but but maybe maybe I'm intrigued by Betsy. We'll see. No, I would. I want it the other way. I want it to be defensive and react. You want? I want. I want. I want the wager to be a car. Sorry, I want wager to be a mechanic where you identify a spot where your opponent wants to keep their four card hand and then you wager it on purpose even though you know it gets walked out and rep rip their hand apart so they can't you know like on a turn your opponent has a a show no mercy in hand you like wager it so then they can't use like a full five card hand with a show no mercy something like that you know yeah we'll see I guess one of us will be very happy and one of us will be very sad. Oh my god. At least it's <laughs> a win. Someone's gonna win. Someone's gonna win. Net neutral. Uh, actually, no. There, there's, a, there, there's a way that it's gonna be lose-lose for us. If Betsy's unplayable. True. Then, then I'm gonna be sad and you just don't care. Okay, please, please, please. Betsy, be good. Playable and constructed. Playable and limited. Both. Or one or the other. <laughs> I think she'll be pretty good in limited. Guardians are usually like just fundamentally really strong. Like the big attacks are pretty strong in limited. They usually have good weapons. They usually have good block values. Like I think she'll be good in limited. She has evasion. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. Yeah. Okay. Let's move on. Um. And the third class in the set's gonna be warriors. And who do you want to talk about first? Uh, we could talk about our returning warrior first. So we, much like how we had Ko return, we have uh, Kasai returning. So we have Kasai of the Golden Sand. Uh, this is an adult four health, uh, sorry, four intellect, forty health warrior hero. Uh, it was actually spoiled in Barcelona, so many of you probably have seen it already. Kasai reads: If you've drawn a card this turn, your sword attacks cost one less to activate, and then she has a once per turn action. Banish two red and two yellow cards from your graveyard. The next time a weapon you control hits a hero this turn, create a gold token. So pretty interesting. Once you're able to draw cards, perhaps with a gold, um, your sword attacks are then free. Gold tokens are kind of strong on their own. You can use things like cash in. Um, I've also seen people talking about nourishing emptiness in Kasai, where you can banish reds and yellows from your graveyard so you can banish away some of the attack actions and nourishing emptiness is just like pretty free to have on at basically all times so this is the other hero that i'm very interested in i think that she can do some really powerful stuff and uh, i believe we already know that her signature weapon is going to be centauri cell swords um so yeah i think she's probably going to be like a grindy value deck that can use valiant dynamos and then maybe do some powerful stuff with gold seems pretty appealing actually the weapon name is centauri saber right centauri yeah. saber centauri cell sword is a card we're going to talk about very soon centauri saber and kasai talking about her first banish two red and two yellow cards mean that this deck can be built in a lot of different ways and constructed right because i when i first looked at it i thought the same kind of thing is you get banished like yellow and red attack actions and then play like nourishing emptiness and keep on going um but then after talking with other people i also noticed that we can play a very defensive kasai deck where it's kind of disruptive where your reds can be defense reactions like like fate for scenes and stuff like that right because it's just two mm -hmm. red cards and two yellow cards mm -hmm. um and then play like a very defensive grindy game with kasai as well where your centauri saber now has an on hit every other turn and it's kind of annoying like you you still don't want these grindy decks to get multiple gold tokens. A way to spend one of these gold tokens will be Kasai's specialization. You want to move on to that? Yeah, so we have Raise an Army. This is a yellow non-attack action that costs zero and blocks for three. Um, and it's a Kasai specialization. It says, as an additional cost to play this, destroy X gold you control. 
create X Centauri sellsword tokens, um, and this action has go again. So you can cash in all your gold for Centauri sellswords. What are they? They are allies that attack for three and have two life and have go again, and they cost one resource to activate. I think you... Do they have a condition on their go again? No, it does not. It's 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 gross. It's just once per turn action, resource, attack, go again. Oh, it does have, a, yeah. Centauri Sellsword can only attack if you've attacked with a weapon this turn. So you do need to like weapon attack, give it go again, then you can Centauri, Centauri Sellsword a bunch of times. Yes, but like it itself does not have any restrictions on, on, on its go again. Like once you attack yeah. with a saber once, it's all on for the whole turn. Yeah, so this is potentially pretty strong. Like a, a three two ally with go again is just really good value, and getting multiple of these is pretty strong. I could see this maybe as like this. This card just seems very good. Like you could play this as like a value card. Like getting like one or two Centauri Cell Swords seems very good. But I think also as like a late game finisher, if you get multiple of these, like if you get like five Centauri Cell Swords, it's like it's like super Kodachi lock, you know? Yeah, and I think the big thing was like. You know how, like, this is an ally, and typically the only allies that we usually see are the dragons that Dromai makes? Mm -hmm. This card doesn't have Phantasm. You can't pop it. Yeah. This is pretty annoying for a lot of classes to deal with. Seems very good. <laughs> what am I supposed to do? Like, I can't pop it with, like, my guardian attacks? It's just like, my cards don't have go again. How am I supposed to deal with this stuff? You just stop them from getting gold tokens entirely. Is that even possible? You just gotta block out the swords. That, is, that does not seem like a winning winning strategy, Yuki. And you know that too. I don't know. Maybe. I, I haven't played at all with, with Kasai. If, if they start Crown of Dominion, they, they're they guaranteed one gold. It's true. Yeah. Ugh. This deck's pretty interesting. Um, you also get like cash in as a payoff. I'm also kind of thinking we might get more gold payoffs. I'm not sure. Like gold's pretty strong on its own, but there's like a lot of heroes that can make gold like with a wager mechanic and things like that as well. Pretty curious to see if that ends up, if, if we get another good like outlet for the gold tokens, like Kasai already kind of has one with their specialization, but if like the other heroes do and Kasai can also use that, it could be like, it could be pretty interesting. Have you already bought your play sets of uh, cash in? I already have Cashin. The Cashin's like not a majestic. Yeah, it's a rare, but it's like it's it's I think it's reaching like ten dollars each now, isn't it? Is it? Pretty sure. I'm gonna check right now. Three sixty. Uh, oh, it's like five it's almost five dollars. Sorry. That is gross. Yeah, so oh no, it's uh lowest it listed to Canada. Is, no, lowest listed is uh four it's about five dollars each with the shipping. Wow. Gross. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I have a place out of these, but but yeah, yeah. No, I've been I've been I've been slowly picking up these cashins whenever I see them, like locally or on online discords, because I'm like, rares are hard to get in this game sometimes, and uh, mostly Crucible War rares. This is a card that I kind of wish it gets reprinted, even though I've spent a couple a couple of dollars like trying to like pick up my extra copies of cashins. I kind of hope this is in the set. Yeah, it very well could be. We'll see. Anything else you want to talk about, Kasai? No, I don't think so. This this hero is sweet, though. I like that it can block. It looks like it's like a deck that can like block, play a variety of hand sizes, has access to go again, can draw cards. Does a lot of things that I like doing in card games. So pretty excited about Kasai, honestly. I think it's probably the hero I'm most interested in currently, but I'll probably explore multiple. You want to move on to our last hero? Yeah, let's uh, move on to our next hero. Our next hero is Olympia Prized Fighter. And this is a warrior hero. And it says, the first time each of your attacks wins a wager, create a gold token. Yeah, so getting a lot of incentive for wagering uh, with these golds. Again, golds are pretty powerful. You can turn a blue into like one re uh, one extra resource as well as a card. Um, that's pretty good. And then this is the hero that really makes me wonder about gold outlets because um, as much as like popping them for value is pretty cool, like I wonder if there's something more to it. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, we've seen Melody from the um, yeah. LSS... Tolarian Academy set. What is that called? Round the table. Yeah. Silver seems kind of insane. Like the silver combos you can do in the melody deck is already kind of insane. Yeah. The but combos of... that get unlocked with gold tokens is like 
exponentially better, right? Like Yeah, but I mean a lot of a lot of what makes the melody really good is that like she has that card that scales with the number of cards you have in your pitch. Like I, I like I kind of wonder if we're gonna get like a style of card like that in this set. Like like something where like okay, I've been I've gotten like eight gold tokens and and now you lose. Like I I, I kind of feel like something like that's coming this set. We'll see. Well, like if you if you play like fire breathing, I I know that's like a bad example of a card because it's not that good. But like if you cash in all your golds by pitching blue 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 fire breathing you with all the extra resources, that's like that's technically like a possible OTK, right? <sighs> I don't know. You're like going plus one resource for each gold, and that's like assuming that you draw blues. Like uh, it's a little rough. This is all pitch stackable. Maybe we'll see. We'll see. Anyways, I'm curious to see Olympia Prize Fighter. This hero is the one more than any that makes me feel like that there will be gold payoffs. But but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe golds are just strong enough on their own. Olympia also has a very interesting specialization so his specialization is called up the ante it is a blue warrior attack reaction that costs x um, and it says choose x plus one target attack wagers an agility token with a defending hero target attack wagers a gold token target attack wagers a vigor token target attack gains plus y where y is the number of times it has wagered if you pay two resources into uh, sorry if you pay three resources isn't in, into this you can pick all the modes and wager and agility a gold and a vigor and give it plus three which seems pretty strong at reaction speed you would also get like an additional gold from olympia's effect because you've won a wager yeah potentially really strong can target weapon attacks as well as attack actions um and being a blue just means pretty good i i think that this like instant speed wager gonna be real good you can also just like play this for zero x is zero choose target attack wagers a gold and then if it hits you get two golds like that seems seems strong that that does seem pretty strong and if the card that you've buffed also already has wager it gets plus four right yes yeah if the card is already wager then you can get additional buffs on it so like yeah i guess i guess if you somehow wager multiple times like money where your mouth is adds a wager to an attack like this this could potentially get pretty crazy yeah that's this card this card looks really sweet and i love the name of this card up the ante yeah that's that's that is something that's like oh, I've said before in my life. <laughs> yeah, it it feels very very flavorful for what the card does, and um, definitely going to be some risk associated with this wager mechanic of like, especially like the D reacts are going to be like you're, you're going to have to you're going to have to really think about like how much you want to wager and dump into this because if you like spend three resources and bump it up with a, up the ante and then they like sink below and get an agility a gold and a vicar holy you, you might not be the happiest <laughs> uh I, I think i guess olympia will in constructed at least will be more playing towards um like the dory side right where it's you get to play more reactions if they block with sink below from hand then may, then it turns on your whatever the mechanic is called i forgot what reprise, it's called yeah your reprise yeah. abilities like if you combine this with like route it's kind of insane yeah i also heard someone saying that like if you can give your weapon wagers uh relatively easily like maybe you can run like great axe and like great axe is pretty obnoxious to block out oh that's gross so i don't know Olympia, interesting. I, I feel like we don't really have enough of the cards in this set to fully evaluate this hero, but um, he could do some pretty cool stuff, I think. Yeah, I think Olympia's, for how simple the hero is, he seems kind. He, he seems very interesting in like what you can do with the gold tokens and like how you can like try and trigger wager do we know if we have any spoilers for any warrior attacks that has wager yeah i believe so um i believe there's a cycle of them oh yes there's a wage agility uh which says it's a brute warrior action attack uh for it costs three attacks for seven blocks for two and it says when this attacks a hero you may wager an agility token with them and that's it. Yeah, that's all it does. So when it attacks, you can wager. Yeah. And we've seen, we've also seen wage vigor 
same same card, but you wager you wager a vigor token, and that's Guardian Warrior. So we've seen those. We've also seen like a universal card, Wage Gold. When this attacks a hero, you may wager a gold token with them. This is a three for seven that blocks two as well, and it counts as a class card in your deck. And then we've seen a number of cards that add wager to things like Money Where Your Mouth Is, which we've talked about a fair bit already, but also cards like, um, like there's a warrior called, called Hold'em. This is a warrior non-attack that blocks three and costs one. It says your next warrior attack gains plus three, and when this hits a hero, you may wager when this attacks a hero, you may wager a vigor, a vigor token with them. So it does seem like Warrior's thing is going to be, or like one of Warrior's things is going to be wagering. And a lot of these cards work on weapons. So it, it could be weapon focused. It could also be attack action focused or like maybe a combination. I'm pretty curious to see what, what, they, what we end up doing with this. Yeah. And this is the first set where I think they've announced that each hero is going to have like multiple different choices on weapons. Uh, mm-hmm. So I'm going to be kind of interested in like what weapons that we're going to get. And hopefully we can talk about that in the next coming weeks. Uh, the war premiere is on the 19th. So hopefully next week we get to see more cards, right? Yeah, it seems like spoilers are going to be trickling in. I think the big spoiler season is from like the 16th till the 18th or something like that, right before the world premiere. So it might be a little bit dry um in terms of new cards for a bit but but they seem to have been really kind of spreading out spoiler season this time and trickling them out slowly which i like and then i think there'll be a condensed period at the end where we get the rest of the cards Uh, i think there's some really strong stuff in this set already we haven't even really talked about all of them and uh, the, the episode's already getting pretty long so i think some of them will have to come back to but but there's a lot of things that i'm pretty excited about in this set and i think look quite playable and potentially quite strong I think the one thing that I'm going to have trouble with having to pick up the token of like which one it makes I me mean, like, oh, it makes a might token. Okay, which one's the might token? It makes a vigor token. Okay, which one's the vigor token? It's like, uh, I know what makes power, what makes resources, and what makes a card, I guess? It makes a gold. Agility. Oh, go again. Agility is go again. Sorry. Yeah. So there's power, go again, resource silver and gold so that can draw cards there's a lot of tokens in the set there is but like also we haven't se- we haven't actually seen silver in the set we've only seen gold and i mean we already had um we already had outsiders which had ponder blood rot inertia and uh frailty so four tokens um, yeah this might just be kind of set up the same way with gold vicar might agility agility um, okay, okay. So it might just be kind of the same thing. I'm sure it'll take like a little bit to get used to, but I feel like once we get used to it, it's gonna be okay. Ah, that's you know what when you when you frame it that way, that makes it way way more simple or like way more approachable. But yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Okay. 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 You you convinced me. You convinced me. It's not too bad. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. It's not too bad. That's not. Too... Oh, but then we have so many more weapons and blah blah blah. Yeah. It, it it seems like a cool set. It seems like it also kind of reminds me of like Welcome to Wraith in that like we have like three of the same classes, Guardian, Warrior, Brute, and they're all like attack action focused. They all typically have good weapons. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's I kind of wonder if there's going to be like WTR 2.0 to some degree in terms of gameplay. And uh, WTR is like a very beloved set. It still holds up. Yeah, it doesn't do anything weird, you know. Like yeah, all the other like, sets, all all the other sets were doing like arcane damage and doing these weird stuff. No, we're going back to just like we're gonna hit each other in the face and and block, which I kind of like. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely gonna be a big departure from uh, bright lights, which was like very synergy focused lots going on tons of mechanics like very high complexity very punishing i i i suspect that this set's going to be much more approachable lss has sort of like said as much and just from the classes and the cards we've seen it seems like a lot of like i think there's going to be interesting decisions with wager and things like that but but the is very like core flesh and blood mechanics that we're seeing here do you know something that's uh that i'm really happy about for this set that i think 99% of the people will just not care about. What's that? This set will make 
Chaos Sealed significantly more playable. <laughs> so, like, one of the biggest issues I have with Chaos Sealed is too many of the set has arcane damage. In a set with arcane damage, it's very difficult to block out arcane damage. So a lot of the gameplay ends up being like, oh, you have this card that just deals 5 arcane, and that becomes, like, the core gameplay of of the format. And it's not that fun to, like, block out, block out, get chipped, get chipped, and be at 5 and have no AB, and your opponent just goes like, oh, I drew my deal 5 arcane, and, like, the game's over. There's, like, no no outplay to it. Like, you can't do anything about it. It's so hard to gain life, and it's so hard to prevent arcane. I think with this set now, there's one more set with no arcane damage, and that makes the, that makes that problem get diminished a little bit more, which I'm very happy about. Yeah, I, I, I could see that being a pretty big improvement, a pretty big quality of life for any Chaos Sealed or uh, Shapeshifter fans. Yeah, I, I look. I, look, I know this is like for the hyper minorities. Like people even listening to this podcast don't even care about this. But look, this this is something I care about a little bit. Okay, it's it's that that's a format that like if I get like my random friends to play like sealed with for money, like the shapeshifter sealed is a good is a good format to play. It's kind of fun and it's it's skill testing. It's but with too much arcane, it's not skill testing. So. No, less arcane is good. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah, it, it is a lot of fun. If if any of our listeners haven't tried Shapeshifter Sealed and you're kind of on the fence about it, I would I'd really recommend it. I feel like I feel like every time I've seen it fire, like everybody's having a great time, and I've played it once or twice, and and I enjoyed myself quite a bit. Like I take my time. Like if there's a Shapeshifter side event, like a day before an event, I try to book my flight a day early so I can make that event. I've seen this in, in planning. Jace told me about this. <laughs> it is that fun, guys. It's like, it's the best casual experience you'll get. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, anything else you want to talk about today? No, I think that's a good place to wrap us up. As always, thanks for listening. You can find us at uh, on social media, uh, on Twitter. I'm at Yukili Bender and Jay is at Ueda Jay. Or you can email us at onthebobble at gmail.com and send your questions directly there. Uh, you can also check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash onthebobble. Um, until next time, have a good night and thanks for listening. I hope that you enjoy the new heavy hitter spoilers that are coming out and just around the corner. It's a really exciting time to be playing with that.